Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Medelsky, very excited to be uh, live and on location in the one and only Owatonna, Minnesota. It's fair week here. The Steel County Free Fair starts this week, starts this afternoon, and thought it was a great opportunity to visit our friends at St. Joseph Parish in Owatonna and uh, have a wonderful show. So lots of guests, uh, three, three of our, well, four now. Uh, we have a surprise guest that we'll introduce here in a second. Uh, three of our guests will be here live in person uh, in Owatonna, and our last one will be about an event coming up here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, in just, uh, just a week or two here. Uh, but uh, before we get started on our show, uh, today is the Feast of St. Stephen, and we'll get started with prayer as we start all things, and we will say the prayer for St. Stephen that I had here, and now it disappeared. So uh, <laughs> there we go. All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Grant your church, we pray, Almighty God, that she may have St. Stephen of Hungary, who fostered her growth while a king on earth, as her glorious defender in heaven. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. amen. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. Uh, welcome, as I uh, mentioned, to Real Presence Live. Uh, excited to have some guests here in person uh, rather than over the phone. That's always an exciting thing to have when we're on air. And uh, we have uh, Father, uh, is it James or Jim? Which do you prefer? Um, given name is James, but I... Go by Jim usually. Okay, so uh, Father <laughs> Father Jim Staroshinich, the uh, the pastor here at St. Joseph, as well as Gabriel Rashavi, who's a uh, a going to uh, what do you call that rising senior, what <laughs> yeah, <laughs> incoming, incoming. Uh, senior at uh, IHM Seminary, who's uh, who's here from Oatana and just happened to be here at morning mass. And Father said, "Hey, come on air with us." And uh, Gabriel said he's excited because um, he said it can't be much harder than giving an interview in Spanish. <laughs> Uh, on the radio station in Honduras. So, um, <laughs> welcome to both of you. Thank welcome you. on Thanks. Thanks. And I think uh, Gabriel has to kind of duck and run a little bit sooner, maybe. So, uh, maybe introduce yourself first, and uh, and we'll start off that way. Yeah, definitely. Uh, my name is Gabriel Rashavi. I'm going to be a senior next year at Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary, studying for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, and um, yeah. Going to St. Mary's University and studying philosophy and Spanish. So, very cool. So, how did you uh, how did you first uh, uh, feel the call or, or become interested in seminary? Mm -hmm. Yeah, growing up, I knew a little bit about seminary because my dad was in seminary for a while mm -hmm. um, before discerning out. But then uh, it wasn't really until after my freshman year of high school, when I went to a Steubenville conference in Rochester, mm -hmm. that I really started thinking about the priesthood um, as something that the Lord might want me to pursue. Fantastic! Fantastic! And then, uh, so, uh, for those who aren't familiar, and they probably are familiar, because we've mm -hmm. had Father Jason Curran on before, and we've spoken with some of the different uh, seminarians at IHM, but uh, it, it's your senior year at IHM, right? But yep. that means that you get to move on to more seminary, right? Yep. <laughs> yep. So how does that work? Yeah, so after graduating, then uh, your bishop and vocations director get to decide upon a major seminary for you to go to. And at this point, it looks like I'll most likely be going to St. Paul Seminary, but we'll see. 
could depend. So, very cool. It's all up in the air, all in the hands of your bishop. Yep, right? exactly. A, a brand new bishop. So who knows? He might uh, start start pulling switches by the time yep. he gets there. Right? <laughs> uh, well, fantastic. Thank you for joining us yeah, uh, this morning and. Uh, uh, one one last question for you, mm-hmm. at least, and then oh, we'll see. We may have more. Uh, but uh, what uh, what uh, how, the, you mentioned the uh, before we went on air mentioned the uh, going down to Honduras, yeah, um, and that you're studying Spanish as well at IHM. So how did that uh, how did that come about? Yeah, in high school I studied a lot of Spanish and I had a great interest in it. And so as I moved into college and into seminary, I decided that it would be good to continue those studies since we have a growing Hispanic population in our diocese in order to minister to them better and, yeah, just to be able to encounter them uh, in a more profound way. So. And have you been able to be, in, be involved with Hispanic ministry here in the diocese? Not a or? ton, but just a little bit, a little bit. I've gotten to interact with them quite a bit. So Awesome. I yeah. know you're busy with studies yeah. and everything else, so <laughs> I'm not surprised, but yeah. uh, just curious on that. Well, fantastic. Fantastic! Thank you for joining us, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, Father Jim, thanks for joining us as well. And, and, and glad to be here. I, I would, before he leaves, if he could maybe speak about his parish. Absolutely. Yeah. Where you're from? Yeah, uh, my home parish is Holy Trinity Little Missile. Ah, oh, okay. spell that though. People, <laughs> yeah. people, my first time here, I I kept thinking a little missile. A little <laughs> right, little missiles. missiles. Yeah. Yo. Explain that. Yeah, little missile is spelled L I T O M Y S L. And it's a little town in the Czech Republic, uh, and that's what our little parish community area is named after, because there were a lot of uh, Czech immigrants that settled in that area of the country. And uh, the parish itself was founded in 1878. Uh, The current church building was built in 1940, um, and it's built completely of field stone. So from all the surrounding fields, the church is built from those stones. It's a beautiful church, and you guys just had the uh, the, uh, the parish festival there yep. just a few weekends ago, and uh, sadly we didn't make it out <laughs> this time, but we've been out there before for Mass, my, my wife and I yeah. and our kids, and it's uh, it's just a beautiful church, just a beautiful mm-hmm. parish community. I think we wound up going there for Christmas one year, actually, oh, yeah. and uh, just a beautiful parish family, a beautiful church, mm-hmm. um, very much out there you know, in yep. the country, right? <laughs> um, but uh, uh, a beautiful place to go for Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, well, fantastic! And uh, as a as a side note, the uh, the praise and worship band from there lights a little missile. They'll be performing at the Steel County Fair yep. uh, Wednesday night. Uh, so there's there's a little missile connection to, to yeah. pull everything together. <laughs> yep. Well, very cool. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, you're listening to Real Presence Live. Nick Bedelsky here, uh, live and local in Owatonna, Michigan, at St. Joseph uh, Parish here. Uh, very excited to be uh, visiting with Gabriel Rashavi, who's a uh, senior. Uh, at IHM Seminary, a senior, uh, senior, senior minor seminary. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to get those words straight. <laughs> and uh, and Father Stadashinich, who's the pastor here at uh, at St. Joe's. Uh, so always wonderful to be here. Uh, uh, Father Jim, uh, we talked on air about a year ago. I think it was. I came here for uh, the the last pledge drive um, and had a great experience with that. And thought, well, it would be nice to visit here and. Not be asking people for money and interrupting every five <laughs> seconds with a phone number, right? And actually yeah. have a, a a continuous conversation. So, uh, but for those who might not be familiar, would you mind uh, introducing yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm Father Jim Starosinic, and as Nick kind of gave more of a Slovenian accent to that, which was good. And uh, I come from originally from Joliet, Illinois. Um, my vocation uh, was kind of uh, you know stretched out. I was. <laughs> discerning it and uh, 
Anyway, long story short, I was ordained for the Archdiocese of Newark. I ended up going out there through, uh, uh, well, this is a long story, but I won't get into all the details, but I was ordained to be missionary, diocesan missionary, so diocesan under a bishop, but then also with a missionary impulse, and I've been in different places around the world. I've been in Estonia, Eastern Europe. I've been in Guam. I've been, obviously, in the Archdiocese of Newark and several assignments, uh, as well as a pastorate. And then I was finishing my 12 years there in New Jersey, and the bishop said it's time for a change, and I just mentioned I'm still open to the mission to go. So long story short, uh, I uh, end up here in Owatonna. And uh, it was a nice surprise, a little bit closer to my family, who are yeah. all in Illinois. And so I was speaking about Mass, about that, my attachment there to my family, had, mm-hmm. but also how truly the gospel was today, that the Lord will provide for us when we give up family, friends, homes, everything. And I've experienced that. And it's great, because always to hear the Word of God is enlightening and also a guiding, as the psalm says, it's a light for our, a light for my steps and a light for my path. I forget exactly how that goes. <laughs> I wish I could always remember exactly the perfect phrases. Right, but, right. But that's my my human weakness too. I can't remember <laughs> everything. So there you go. So uh, you mentioned Eastern Europe and uh, Estonia. How how was that? And and what what uh, time period? Because you know over the last. 30 years or so, right? There's been a lot of change in Eastern Europe and Estonian places like that. So what time period were you there? So I was there, I actually went as a, after I was newly ordained deacon, I went for a summer, then I followed up with two other summers in preparation. And that was in the late 90s, Mm. usually 98, 99, and then 2000. Mm. Then I was in, then I was sent over there permanently, uh, permanently, (laughs) I thought it was (laughs) going to be permanent, in 2001. And so I can say that some of the gentlemen from our seminary who went there previously, also as seminarians, then as priests, we have three of them now serving there. It it was right after pretty much the fall of communism, and John Paul II had warned, you know, be careful, Eastern Europe, you're opening yourselves to God, but there's going to be this other wave of... Mm materialism coming right. in and boy it came in fast and we wow. wi- we witnessed that because the people were open to the church and the gospel and that was a good thing because they were suppressed and oppressed and so the nice thing was there was an openness but then we didn't begin to see that they were having i mean they had beautiful cars they had mm-hmm. some of the nicest cell phones it was the beginning of the cell phone mm-hmm. era when they were still kind of big but <laughs> And I remember that because Scandinavia, they were kind of like in the forefront of that. Estonia is really a Scandinavian nation. Right. It's not a Slavic nation. Some tend to think that. And it is one, as I mentioned in the homily, that the, the Hungarian language is something unique. Well, they're of the Ugric Finnish family of languages. And it is one of these unique languages. How did, how did it develop when you look at the development of language, especially in Europe? Right. So... Uh, now, really nice people who whoever the language to listen to was interesting. They they were, they kept telling me, "Don't worry, it'll take you about five years to have a small conversation with us," <laughs> <laughs> because it is a it was a it's a tough language. But I was also studying Russian at the time, so I was mm-hmm. trying to do two languages at the same time. And in the end, you know, God sent me to another place called Guam. So, but Eastern Europe, and as we know, and with your own roots in, in Ukraine, we. 
We had many people from all over um, the former Soviet Union because they were moving the people everywhere. They were settled there in Estonia. So we had all kinds of people coming to mm. us from different regions originally, which made it kind of interesting to, to listen to their stories and, and how they were really wounded by that, that type of a government and, yeah. and the lack of freedom and the fear they lived in. And and then they, they were still fearful of foreigners. I remember they would say, give us some time to get used to you because it was deep in them. And uh, But really the only liberation we can give them is the announcement of Christ in the gospel. And that's what we were trying to do little by little. We had um, the, the current bishop there is he was... Um, he was the apost—no, he was just an assistant, I think, to the apostolic administrator. He became bishop. He was from uh, France. There was another priest from. There was another priest from Spain. We, we mm. and they were the, of the Opus Dei group and oh, gotcha. fantastic spirit and. And then there were some Dominicans. So, they were trying to. Re- they came from Poland. They were they were trying to really rebuild, the faith there, which was pretty much destroyed by the Soviets. Many people would say, we're believers, or my grandmother was a believer. Mm. And and so they really weren't believers, but my grandmother's a believer, <laughs> and, and they wanted to believe, and they wanted right. to believe in something. So it was a good experience, and uh, and we continued to, to pray for them and the different uh, former Soviet, you know, those who were under the Soviet Union, because it's, it's sad what we see what's happening now, and we continue to pray for the Ukraine, and we had Ukrainians there. We, we had Hungarians there. I remember a really a courageous doctor, very faithful with his Catholic faith, and he refused to do abortions and things like mm. that. And he suffered for that because yeah. if you didn't follow the, the protocol, you, you would not get the, the better life, unfortunately. You, you, were, you, were, you, were, you were persecuted. But he lived his, he lived his faith well. He was an impressive man. I really was edified to, to meet him and, and many other people who really struggled with whatever you know so many things going against what freedom brings and mm. how you can live your life so it was a good experience and i know it's still a challenge but i i know our three men that i know them personally that are still there are doing a great job and and uh and that's it it takes just one soul at a time we we don't we're not here to look at the big picture what we just see when somebody converts. Well, there's some. There's going to be a few other people behind that person to bring others to Christ and and to, to build the church up there in, in Estonia. Well, fantastic! Thank you for sh- for sharing that with us. Really cool. Um, we've got a lot more to talk about here on Real Presence Live. Nick Medelsky here at St. Joseph Parish here in uh, Owatonna, Minnesota. It's a week of the Steel County Fair, so it seemed like an opportune time to come by for a visit. Uh, Father uh, Jim uh, Staroshinich or Starsinich, whichever way you prefer to say it. <laughs> doesn't matter to me. The Staroshinich sounds good, too. <laughs> and Gabriel Rashavi uh, joining me this morning. Stay tuned. There's more to come. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. 
Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness to every resident, it's a privilege to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Medelsky here at St. Joseph Parish in Owatonna, Minnesota. A beautiful day to be here, a beautiful week to be here. Uh, speaking with uh, Father Jim, here the pastor at St. Joseph, as well as Gabriel Rashavi, who's a, 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 a senior seminarian at IHM Seminary, who comes from just a few miles outside of town here, Little Missile, uh, at Holy Trinity Parish there. Uh, before the break, we were talking with uh, Father Jim about his experience in uh, Eastern Europe and Estonia there uh, as a missionary. And as we mentioned kind of towards the top of the show, uh, Gabriel's had an experience in uh, Honduras, right, yep. um, doing some um, some of the summer. I don't know if it's a, an internship or, or what it's called uh, precisely, but if you could mm-hmm. share with our listeners a little bit about your experience down there in Honduras. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it was kind of an internship, so I got some credits through the university for it, but also just really focused on seminary formation and mission work. Um, but over the summer... Uh, last summer, I went down to Honduras for two months with another seminarian for our diocese, Riley Beecher. And uh, he and I were staying next to the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal oh. uh, down in Comayagua. And we were working with them at a couple orphanages there. Uh, they really help out with an orphanage system. So we primarily got to work at the girls' orphanage as well as the boys' orphanage. And most of what we were doing was just really um, spending time with them, uh, just being witnesses down there. And uh, some of the things that we got to do were put on events for them. We would bring them over to uh, this kind of community center area, and we would do art classes with them, cooking classes, music classes, but, of course, incorporating the faith into all of this as well. Mm. And a lot of it was about relationship building with them as uh, was the friars' work with them as well. So we would do sports with them, such as volleyball, um, but really all kinds of different things. And it was really beautiful over the summer just to see uh, like their spirit and getting to know them a little bit better and visiting with them. Um, 
it really kind of taught me to love in a new way because the language barrier is there, so you can't always communicate with them perfectly through language. Mm. I mean, I, I'm learning Spanish, and I could communicate with them pretty right, well. Right, right. But um, sometimes with little kids, it's especially hard because yeah. they're, um, <laughs> the way they talk is just hard to understand them. Uh, but it was really cool to kind of learn to love them in a new way and just through being with them rather than simply through um, speaking with them. So, Fantastic. Yeah. So was it your idea to go to Honduras, or was that something where they just said, you know, you're going, bye, yeah, here's we, your passport? <laughs> <laughs> we had a few different options. We were looking at different religious orders to work mm. with. Um, so we also talked with the IVEs, who are out of Man- or we right, have some yeah. in Mankato, mm-hmm. um, and they have a place down in Chile, I believe we were looking at. Um, and then there were a couple other places, but we ended up settling on the Franciscan fires in Honduras for a few different reasons, but... We kind of wanted the um, experience of being in Honduras during the summer instead of during the winter. It would have been the winter in Chile. So, Oh, right. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, very cool. And then you've also had some uh, missionary experience, so to speak, here uh, in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. You shared you were involved with uh, Totus Tuus. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you share a little bit about what that is and, and about yeah. your experience with that? Yeah. Totus Tuus is um, a summer program that is really throughout diocese uh, in the entire United States. And basically, it's a summer program for children first grade all the way through senior year in high school. Mm. There's two programs. The daytime program is for those younger kids. And with that program, we go through um, catechetical instruction, but also um, they get a lot of exposure to the sacraments. We have daily mass with them. And it's really just focused on... Yeah, building those relationships with the kids and bringing them closer to Christ. And then for the teen program, which is 7th through 12th grade, that's in the evening. And for that one, it's focused on dialoguing with the teens and just helping them come to a better understanding of Christ and giving them a lot of prayer experiences as well um, so that they can continue to develop that personal relationship with Christ. Very cool. Very cool. If you're just joining us now uh, this morning, Nick Medelski with Real Presence Live out of Owatonna, Minnesota at St. Joseph Parish. Uh, that was uh, Gabriel Rashavi, who's uh, continuing his studies at uh, IHM Seminary, his senior year uh, coming up there, and then, uh, you know, hopefully, prayerfully, on to a major seminary after that and on to the priesthood. So um, hearing from him. Uh, but uh, before we're at the end of our segment here, <laughs> I did want to speak to uh, to Father Jim uh, for a bit about a uh, recent trip to the Holy Land. We've been talking about, um, you know, working with youth and, and things like that. And that was actually kind of a youth-oriented uh, pilgrimage to the Holy Land. Could it you was. share a little bit about that? Originally, I was thinking the other priest would go, but he was doing his studies this summer. And, uh, and I hope that's better, sorry. And... Uh, <laughs> So I, you know, I said, okay, I can go, and uh, I've been there numerous times. So, but I think w- what I really enjoyed was to see how, for I mean, this is a chance of a lifetime. I mean, normally you go when you're an adult, and, right? And especially with people worried about the pandemic still, kind of hanging around, unfortunately. And uh, mm-hmm. but everything was cleared. We had no problems, no masks and things. And but the one thing you know, people still worry about the Holy Land. It's it's a tense area, right. the tension, and but it was wonderful. I mean, to see how uh, God gave us um, a wonderful time with all the people that we encountered, and and the spirit of hospitality that is just kind of ingrained in the Middle Eastern culture, 
which we get from the scriptures too about mm-hmm. hospitality is really the to be in hospital is the, is the grave sin. But right. uh, so we 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 experienced a lot of that, and um, of course going to all the holy sites. The one really good experience was we had the two Jewish men who were on our buses. They were our guides. One was probably an older gentleman, probably in his 60s, maybe early 70s. And the other was a younger man in his 30s. And being Jewish, you know, here we are, Christian, Catholic. And so what what I really what impressed me was how they uh, responded with us and how God created a real communion amongst us. We, we always uh, teach the youngsters a little bit of, I mean, obviously we're teaching them the scriptures and the Psalms and things. And we're praying with them on the bus as we go from site to site. We're praying at the holy sites. We're celebrating the, the Eucharist when we can at the different shrines and places where Jesus lived and walked and breathed. How wonderful that was! And um, we teach them a little bit also of you know a few Hebrew words and things as well. But you know, imagine they're immersed with the scriptures because they're both English speaking. One was originally from South Africa, the other was born in the Holy Land and in Israel, and he did go to California to kind of learn English. So so he spent some time in the States. And so they knew they knew what we were praying, what we were singing, and then they were impressed when we learned a few things that the youngsters learned to sing in Hebrew even. And, uh, well, we had this gathering where we met at the, on the Mount of Beatitudes for all the youth. And I think they were very impressed with that, especially as we were coming back. The youth were very enthused because we did like a vocation call for those who maybe would like to at least, if God was stirring the soul, to say, I'm open to the possibility of a vocation to the priesthood and then for the young ladies to the convent, to the, mm-hmm. to the consecrated life as a religious. So uh, it, it was really wonderful to see the response of about eight, year about 8,000, 8,500 youth, maybe 9,000 from the States and, and wow. maybe a few other places. And... Uh, of those, I think there was about 200 young men that said, I'm, I'm willing, I'm all open wow. to, to, to say yes to the vocation. And there was about 300 young ladies. So, Wow. And uh, so on our bus, and we backed, they're all excited, and we're singing. And uh, one of the guys just kept playing the guitar to lead us on the bus. And they had the different instruments. One plays the flute and, mm. and the violin. And, you know, the kids really, you know, participated. Right. They mm-hmm. really made it uh, alive, and uh, I just remember I was just sitting right behind the the guide, and he was he just to see his enthusiasm and and enjoying their singing, and, and I mean I mean it was a lot it was lively. I mean they were really excited, and and just singing the the songs we know, and um, at the end he shared with us. He's when we left, he was grateful. He said, "You really." I was very moved by this whole experience from my own life. And uh, I was thinking, you know, here we are going to receive many graces from the Lord and, and the holy sites, and yet we you never know how God wants to use us. And, and how beautiful it was that there was this communion despite our differences. Right. And uh, the, the beauty of that was, I think, one of the highlights in a way. It may seem... Uh, even, I don't know. I've been there numerous times, as I said. I... But to see the kids, and and really also how they kind of mature, how they kind of matured on that, uh, mm. 
that trip, which was nice to see. They, were, they ranged from the youngest were were like uh, you know upper junior high, and then mm. mostly um, some high school, and then some college, and then some young adults, and mm-hmm. then of course we had the chaperones. Right, but um, it was beautiful, and uh, I, I always uh, am impressed just to see how. How more than anything, you know, yeah, we visited all the good places where Jesus was. We, we got to see the empty tomb and and get into there. They're still doing the renovations around there, but you still can go in. And and there weren't a ton of tourists. So, and we made it a lot because all of our pilgrims were going to the same sh- shrines and mm. sites. And and so it was, it was quite fascinating. We got to meet some nuns on, there's a, there's a place in, it's my first time there actually, the Our Lady of the Milk. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, the sisters there, they, 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 they knew who. Well, one of the gentlemen said from our group, "Can you, sisters, can you speak with our young people? Because you know, they're they're here, and you know, to mm-hmm. meet a sister or, or a, a voc- with a vocation, so right? Yeah, that was one of the highlights for many of them. They spoke about that. They were really impressed that the sisters can come out and sp- spend some time and speak. They were. The adorers of the Blessed Sacrament. I forget the exact the exact order, but that was very beautiful and um, inspiring, and 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 to see that these young ladies who were listening to these the nuns, um, we had one right now. One is doing an experience in a Carmelite convent. She was older, and she was kind of ready. Mm-hmm. So we said, "We'll go slow, but make take an experience." So they welcomed her. She's right now doing a, uh, an experience for about a month. Mm. So I look yeah. forward to meeting her when she gets back. And she's she's from Austin. So very cool, very cool. Well, fantastic stories uh, all around. So yeah. <laughs> it was a pleasure. You got uh, great stories, and I knew it would be a a great interview and a great surprise too with Gabriel here this morning. So uh, it's uh, just fantastic. Thank you both for coming on. And before we let you go, Father, would you give us your blessing? Sure. May Almighty God bless all of us listening and. All of our families, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Coming up after the break, we'll be talking about uh, the Catholic booth at the Steele County Fair and a lot of other exciting things uh, that Deb McManaman is involved in. Stay tuned. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 